Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Just get your foot in the door. You'll learn more through the first deal that you buy than any kind of reading and research you do online, and that will set you up nicely for growing your portfolio going forward. If you're a passive investor wanting to learn more about questions to ask sponsors in order to qualify the opportunities, in order to qualify the sponsor, in order to qualify the market that the property is in, then go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com. My team and I created this site just for you so that there is a free resource available to you to learn about the questions to ask, the things to think through prior to investing in deals. So go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com. It's a free resource for you that was made just for you. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Anton Ivanov. How you doing, Anton? Doing great, Joe. How are you? I am doing really well, and nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Anton. He is a U.S. Navy vet. Thank you for what you did for our country. He is a real estate investor, and he's an entrepreneur. He owns 35 units across four states, generating $10,000 monthly passive income. Here's the kicker. It requires only one hour a week to manage, and he is based in San Diego, California. So with that being said, Anton, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Absolutely, Joe. Thanks first for inviting me on the show. I got started with real estate kind of in a set of unfortunate circumstances. I was in the U.S. Navy a few years ago, and both of my parents passed away actually while I was stationed in Japan overseas. And they owned a condo here in San Diego, and I ended up inheriting it after their deaths. So kind of prior to that, never had honestly any intention of getting into real estate, at least in the immediate future didn't know much about it. So here I am. I'm living in Japan, obviously deployed with the U.S. Navy. I got this condo, wasn't really sure what to do with it at the beginning. Thought about selling it. Glad I did. And I talked to a few folks smarter than me. They were like, well, you know what? It's a good asset. Why don't you try renting it out, get a property manager and kind of see where it goes. Don't make any rash decisions, which I did. Happened to find a local property manager here in San Diego, rented the property out, it didn't cash flow very well. San Diego kind of prices are very expensive, rents not so much, but it trickled in a little bit at a time. But over the years, it kind of gave me my first look at what passive real estate investing can do for you in the terms of cash flow. And that kind of 
was the kicker for the whole driver of after I got out of the Navy and kind of settled in a more normal life, so to speak, really opened my eyes of what real estate can do for you in terms of passive income specifically and replacing your full-time job and obviously helping you retire early. So I like to think of that as kind of the start of what followed. So after I got out of the Navy, moved back to San Diego, me and my wife, we purchased a duplex that we house hacked actually with a low down payment VA loan. So that was our first ever property that we bought ourselves without inheriting it. And from then on, we just kept growing. We started investing out of state. We bought four turnkey properties in Atlanta, Georgia, and then Birmingham, Alabama. And from that, we went kind of a more traditional route and built a local team in Kansas City, started buying value-add multifamily properties, doing our own rehab, doing our own management. And right now, we're at 35 total units, over 10,000 monthly cash flow. And kind of what the most important aspect for me is, is our portfolio is more or less 100% self-sustaining and passive. Whereas if I want to take a six-month vacation and just basically not worry about it, I have the confidence that it's going to keep running. It doesn't need me there every day. And in fact, I work full-time. I'm not a full-time investor. I have a career. I have a business, a startup there around. So that's my full-time focus. And real estate provides me with that passive income and eventual retirement. When you say it's self-sustaining and passive, Will you elaborate on how you're defining that and perhaps elaborate by giving some examples of if this were to happen, I'm still okay on a six-month vacation and I don't need to be present and spend time focusing on that because I have it solved for? Absolutely. So to me, obviously, passing means that I don't have to spend my own personal time managing my portfolio. It's not my full-time job, and it's not something that even requires my presence. Most of my properties are out of state, and the first key in having this system set up is obviously finding good property managers. Somebody has to manage the properties for you, so if you're not going to be doing it, you need a team and specifically a really good property management company to do that for you. So my first step and always advice to all investors who want to invest out of state or just have a passive portfolio locally is you need to find a absolutely stellar property management company or team to help you. I found that the best property managers I've always worked with have been through referrals from other investors. So there's a lot of companies that manage properties out there. A lot of them are okay, subpar. Instead of Googling or finding one just kind of randomly, first meet investors that invest in that market that have a track record with using some company for the same types of projects that you want to use them for. So if the single family, find investors who invest in single family, multifamily, find investors who invest in multifamily, ask them who their property manager is and if they're happy with them and get your first few referrals and contacts that way. And then obviously interview the property management firm yourself, see if they'll work for you. In terms of the properties you want to buy, whether you want to do rehab or not, what kind of maintenance fees do they have, what kind of management fees do they have, and so forth. So that's the key, Joe. Obviously, I'm sure you know, your listeners know, first, find a good property manager. Second for me has always been to kind of, I call it training or grooming your property managers. A lot of investors I meet, they kind of find a company to manage their properties. They expect, okay, I'm done at this point. I turn it over to them everything's going to go smoothly from then on. 
that may or may not be the case, but the best thing you can do is basically go through as many scenarios before they happen with your property manager. We're talking about your unit becoming vacant. What type of turn rehab are you doing? What is your budget? What are the specific items that you want done on the property? They're getting ready to lease it. What is the leasing criteria? Do you want pets? Do you not want pets? Section 8, no Section 8. Identify and agree on a list of criteria with them. Evictions. What is your late payment policy? What is your eviction policy? Go through the entire process with the property manager and make sure you guys are on the same page. So by kind of being proactive, especially when you're working with a new company and establishing a set of checklists, guidelines, basically processes that you agree on, you're setting yourself up for success later. So when you say, I go on vacation for six months, because I kind of walk through my property managers through pretty much every possible scenario that can happen, and I'm comfortable with the process that they're going to follow, we reviewed it, we agreed on it, I'm not really worried that something unexpected is going to come up. Because if it does, I've already talked to my property manager about how to handle it, what steps to take, how much this is going to cost, and so forth. So you're basically delegating your work to them and giving them kind of the power to make decisions and actually manage the process. But at the same time, you're maintaining control over kind of the overall structure of the process, the fees, and so forth. So when you come back six months from your vacation and they call you up and say, hey, you know, we had an eviction. This is exactly how I handled it. Like we agreed. Here was the cost. Everything was done basically how you wanted to. And that for me is truly having a passive portfolio that you're not constantly stressing over all the time. You live in San Diego. Where are your properties? I have three properties here locally. I don't manage them myself either. I have one in Atlanta, three in Birmingham, and 28 units in Kansas City. Let's talk about the 28 units in KC. Are they all single families? No, they're actually all two to four multifamily. Okay. How'd you end up in Kansas City? I kind of started investing out of state for reasons being that Southern California was not a good rental market, in my opinion. I like a combination of both cash flow and appreciation for kind of a good long-term growth. San Diego sees some pretty good appreciation if you buy at the right time. The cash flow here is terrible. So I started looking out of state and I basically did an analysis of various markets. I focused first on bigger cities. I didn't want to invest anywhere that was too small. I focused on markets that had very strong economic population and job growth because I believe that those quantities are what drive both price and rent growth over time. As a real estate investor in rental properties, that is what I want to see. I don't want to see prices stagnate or decline. I don't want to see rents stagnate or decline. I want both to kind of appreciate. And what I found based on kind of my research and reading is if a market has economic growth, population growth, and job growth, then that will cause overall prices and rents to go up. And furthermore, I wanted a market that had a fairly low entry point. We're talking about maybe between 60 and 80,000 purchase price per unit. Obviously, compared to San Diego, we're looking at hundreds of thousands per unit. And Kansas City basically fit all those criteria. It had good economic population growth. It was a thriving city, diverse economy. At the same time, it didn't really get hit by the real estate cycle recovery like some of the other markets. So the prices, you could still find deals for fairly cheap there. 
so once you identified Kansas City, how did you start purchasing property there? Well, the first thing I actually did is network and build my team. And that's kind of the key, like I mentioned before, starting with the property manager, but also finding contractors, rehab teams, brokers, agents, and so forth to basically assemble a group of people to help you with acquisition, rehab, and management of your properties because I'm not there myself doing it. And the first thing I did was actually connect with local investors, like I mentioned. I think that's the key. So instead of finding a broker and an agent, I actually went on sites like Bigger Pockets, a few local people I knew here in San Diego that had friends who invested in Kansas City, and basically met five to 10 other investors who were successful in that market, learned from them, learned what types of properties they were buying, learned what areas they preferred, and also used them to kind of grow my own network of real estate professionals. So I did all of that. It probably took about six to eight months, frankly, just kind of networking, researching, doing this part-time because, again, I work full-time, so I just had to find time to do it. I flew out to Kansas City myself, kind of met all these people that I was talking to over the phone or email, actually drove around the city probably for two straight days, got a firsthand experience of what these different areas are and look like to make sure I'm not just blindly buying a property in some area that I think is good. So I went through the six to eight month, I'd say preliminary work that was absolutely essential because it laid the foundation for being successful in that market later. And only when I had the team, when I was comfortable, only then did I start looking for properties to buy. What's something that has not gone right? Specifically in Kansas City, I would say a few times I overestimated the performance of certain properties. And that's kind of obviously the key to being successful real estate investor. You're about to buy a property. You're going to run the cash flow projections and make some assumptions of what you think the rent is, what you think the vacancy is, what you think the maintenance will be. Because I was new to the city, didn't really live there before and only had indirect knowledge. A few times I did overestimate how much the property could rent for, what the vacancy rate would be, what the maintenance would be. So that kind of resulted in less cash flow than I predicted. Now, thankfully, what helps when you invest in a city that's kind of thriving and growing is that it does give you some room for error. Because if, if you think rents are higher than what they actually are, but they do appreciate over time anyway, then maybe the first few years your cash flow will be diminished, but then it'll kind of catch up to your estimate. So that really kind of what saved me in terms of my estimates. But learning from that, obviously, when it's a new city, new market, you will make some mistakes. The best you can do is use different sources of information, double check your numbers with other investors, brokers, agents, run it by them, see what they think. Don't just kind of go on rent a meter or something like that. Find one estimate for the rent and think that that's what it's going to be. And I noticed in those examples, you said brokers, agents, other investors. Did you intentionally omit other property managers or was that just and property managers? No, property managers are great people to run by rental estimates. Again, I wouldn't base your projections on any one estimate. So definitely ask a few brokers, agents, a few property managers what they think given property may rent for and kind of take all that collectively, find a middle ground and use that in your projections. Let's say you were to find a four-unit property that you typically buy in Kansas City today. What would you estimate for vacancy and maintenance? And feel free to pick whatever area you usually buy in because I know that plays into it too. 
Right. So now that I have some track record in Kansas City, estimating all these numbers, especially in the same areas, is much easier because I can look at my previous performance and estimate vacancy based on that. So for example, for new kind of fourplexes I buy in the same areas, my vacancy estimate is at least 10%. Historically, it's been around eight so far over the few years that I've been in that market in the areas. I just add a few little percentages, round out to 10, be a little more conservative, especially because it's multifamily and these are B-class areas. So it's helpful when you have past performance, definitely use that. If you already own properties in the market, definitely look at how they're performing. At the same time, do keep in mind that if it's a slightly different area, slightly different property, the vacancy or rent or maintenance may be slightly different. So don't just blindly throw estimates out there. And as far as the maintenance, how would you estimate that? The maintenance, I typically, when I first get into a market like Kansas City, when I'm brand new, I usually use a percentage of the rent as an estimate. So for a multifamily, I do something like 12 to 15%. Again, probably a little high, but for kind of being new, I'd rather overestimate. Once I have a little bit of track record, like I do now, I can assign a more specific dollar figure, usually in a certain amount per month per unit in maintenance costs, basically based on the average of how my portfolio is performing in a given area. And what's that a percent of? If I use percent to estimate maintenance, it's typically of the gross rent. And then if I use a dollar figure, it would just be, let's say, $100 per unit per month for the entire building. You've got how many? 24? Did I hear you correct? And KC? 28 total. 28, sorry. 28 total in Kansas City. You're also in Birmingham, Alabama and in Atlanta. Did you come across Atlanta and Birmingham the same way that you did Kansas City? Fairly similar. The Birmingham and Alabama properties, I bought them turnkey. So this is where basically a company rehabs the property, finds a tenant, sells it to you off market for a set price. Those are my first forays into out-of-state investing when I wasn't comfortable building my own team. I still kind of did some research on the markets and made sure I'm investing in the areas that I believed will appreciate over time. But obviously, I was also investing in the areas where turnkey properties were being sold. Based on your experience as a real estate investor, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? What I always like to tell new investors, those getting started, is don't be afraid to start small. It's tempting to say, hey, I want to buy a 50-unit apartment complex or even fourplex. But when you buy a bigger property like that, you basically compound your potential to make mistakes. And as new investors, you probably will make mistakes and you learn from them. But if the bigger the properties you start with, the more costly your mistakes will be. I always tell don't be afraid to start small, whether that's just one local single family property, maybe you house hack a duplex, Just get your foot in the door. You'll learn more through the first deal that you buy than any kind of reading and research you do online, and that will set you up nicely for growing your portfolio going forward. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it, Joe. All right, let's do it. First, quick word from our best ever partners. If you're a passive investor and want to learn more about Ashcroft Capital, the company I co-founded with my business partner, Frank, And in particular, want to learn more about our strategy and how we think about the opportunities that we purchase, go to ashcroftcapital.com and click the strategy button above, and you'll be able to read through our thought process we use when we're purchasing 
multifamily properties. Are you ready to close more deals and officially seal your financial freedom? The Dwellin Show with Ola Dantis discloses the most innovative real estate investing strategies to kickstart your quest to financial freedom. Go listen at www.dwellyn.com forward slash show. That's D-W-E-L-L-Y-N-N.com forward slash show. Okay, best ever book you've recently read? For Our Work Week by Tim Ferriss. Best ever deal you've done that we haven't talked about already? Probably I'll have to mention the duplex I house hacked at the beginning just because this was the very first property I bought. I learned a ton. I still own it, still performing greatly. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction? Kind of mentioned this before, but overestimating certain numbers in your cash flow projections like potential rents, vacancy, maintenance. For example, in Kansas City, when I first getting started, I probably used estimates that were a little over optimistic. And the learning from that was to be more conservative, to kind of talk to more people about your estimates than in the future use past performance kind of as an indicator for more properties that you buy. Best ever way you like to give back. Sure, Joe. So I'm the founder of DealCheck.io. It's a property analysis platform that you can use to analyze rental properties, flips, multifamily, and commercial buildings. It's available as a mobile app. Just search for DealCheck on the iOS or Google Play Store or use DealCheck.io online. It's free to try out. If you'd like to upgrade to a more full-feature plan, type in Best Ever 25 promo code at checkout to get a 25% discount just for best ever listeners. Again, dealcheck.io, best ever 25 promo code to get your discount if you'd like to upgrade. And how can the best ever listeners learn more about what you got going on? Follow what you just said, I imagine? Absolutely. Dealcheck.io. We're on Twitter, Facebook. And if you'd like to email me personally, it's Anton at dealcheck.io. Would love to answer any questions or hear from you. Well, Anton, thank you so much for being on the show, talking about your investment approach that you take to open up a new market and invest in it if it's not the market that you live in and how you approach building the team, as well as some underwriting assumptions that you do and your overall investment philosophy. So thank you so much for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. You do as well. Thanks for inviting me. Are you ready to close more deals and officially seal your financial freedom? The Dwellin Show with Ola Dantis discloses the most innovative real estate investing strategies to kickstart your quest to financial freedom. Go listen at www.dwellin.com forward slash show. That's D-W-E-L-L-Y-N-N dot com forward slash show.